This is David Morrill, Public Relations and Digital Media Manager for AWSP. You're listening to the first AWSP podcast. I'm here with two very special guests today. We've got Trevor Green, 2013 NASP and MetLife Principal of the Year, formerly the Top Inner School District. We have Scott Friedman out of Nine Mile Falls. Scott's continuing the great work that Trevor did last year. So we'll go ahead and get started here. Uh, Trevor, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how, how we got started with AWSP? Well, it was uh, quite an experience being uh, selected as National Principal of the Year, certainly something I never anticipated, and I'm extremely grateful to the people of AWSP for nominating me and then the opportunity to present at the national level. Uh, but the, uh, the fellowship was one of the highlights of what I was able to do over the last several years, and the way that that came forth was through the Gates Foundation and the work of Edie Harding. Uh, and AWSP in the work of Gary Kipp. I was extended an invitation to serve as a, a fellow on the eastern side of the state, reaching out to principals uh, there, and it was quite an experience. All right, so that's Trevor and Scott. Scott's taking over for Trevor now. Trevor is now currently at the Highline School District. Correct, correct. Scott Friedman, tell us a little about yourself. Oh, yeah, okay. So uh, anyway, I, I've been a, uh, a secondary administrator for a number of years, and, and truth be told, I'm barely the, the best prince of my own school district where I came from. So I, I'm feeling a little bit under the gun right now after following Trevor's footsteps in, uh, in, in relationship to the position. But uh, again, Tre- Trevor mentioned the, the, uh, the Gates Foundation grant, the generosity of that, and the, and the importance that the Gates Foundation has put on, on, uh, on valuing public education in, in our state as well as around the nation and such. But uh, through, through Edie Harding, they decided to continue the, continue the fellowship position, supporting the work of principals in eastern Washington. And I don't know if I was smart enough or, or the only one that applied for the position, but uh, I did apply for the position and was, was uh, grateful uh, to be chosen for this. And over the course of this year, I've just been extremely thankful, and, and I have greatly benefited from being in this role, and I hope that as others have benefited through my my role as far as being a fellow this year supporting Eastern Washington. I believe it's confidential, but I think I can say we had at least two applications. <laughs> so you're good to go. So, you know. You made the top three. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you, made, the you made the interview list in a, in a real... Yeah, uh, just, just squeaked through. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nothing good no, Seriously, at AWSP, we've been very, very fortunate to work with both of these guys. They both meant a lot. So let's... Um, I'll start with Trevor. So, Trevor, how did the position come about? So, you win the award. Uh, who brought it up to you? Was that something that obviously you know talked over with your family? Um, what 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 made it appealing to you? Well, it was a, a really uh, difficult year in some ways. The uh, I know nobody would shed a tear for me, but that uh, the the national principal of the year award really took me out of the building and had me thinking about the opportunity to move on and maybe assume a position in another district and. Uh, uh, my assistant principal really took over during that year at the school, so it really felt like I wasn't much of a part of the school that I had helped really uh, establish uh, with the great help of staff and the work of, uh, of the students. And so I really started to consider some other options, and Gary Kipp actually came to me and, and was interested and had been, been talking about the fellowship. And uh, so I consulted with him over the course of a month or so, and uh, weighed my options, and it seemed like a great opportunity to really stay where I was at. I uh, had kids in the school that I was teaching at or that I was a principal at, and that way they could uh, continue to uh, attend, and I could uh, uh, really travel the state and hopefully be home on the weekends. Um, 
it didn't work out that way. I was on the road quite frequently, but it was a phenomenal experience going to many of the small towns and uh, meeting with the phenomenal principals that are just starting out or the veterans and, and seeing the great work that they're doing and contributing to their growth in some small way. I spent a majority of my time working with them around the, uh, at that point, it was the new uh, AWSP leadership framework. Uh, of course, uh, most of our listeners are familiar with the eight criteria and it was very new at that point, and so many of our superintendents in the small towns and principals as well had not had exposure to it. And so I, I found most of my time spent in working within the eight criteria. Now, what about you, Scott? Is that something that you focus on as well? Well, it's very similar. You know, we, uh, um, in terms of the, the, the leadership framework and the groundwork that's been laid with that, it's a little bit more widespread this year than it than it has been, and a lot of that has to do with the the amazing work that Trevor did last year, traveling around and and just inserting himself into multiple schools and multiple districts and wherever he could make inroads. Um, he was he he did that, and so I'm ex- I've been extremely fortunate to to piggyback on a lot of the work that he established last year in terms of creating the foundation to further um, the the growth of principles really in terms of, of the, the impact that they have with their staffs and their students and, and almost more importantly their communities. When we think about Eastern Washington, it's, it's extremely diverse geographically um, and there are a, a ton of small, small school districts that are just confined to very small communities. And, and the schools are the lifebloods of those communities and to make those community connections are huge. And so uh, in terms of furthering that work um, with, with, with the leadership framework, everything that we do um, goes, goes, goes back to that and ties in. I mean, regardless of what it is in, in the school building, um, you know, we always say, how do you quantify the work of a principal? You know, how do you quantify 365 days worth of work as a, as a, as a, as a building administrator? Fortunately, we have a tool that's able to do that to some certain degree, and that's that leadership framework. And it's just been a, a phenomenal um, opportunity uh, to support the growth of principals and the work that they do within their buildings. And having a, a common, consistent dialogue of something to, to talk about and around to be able to influence the work that happens in schools. Yeah, it's great. I mean, to me, what I see is it's like it's almost like an AWSP PD house call. Right, like in a small town doctor, Absolutely. where you guys are able to go out in smaller districts and folks that they might not have colleagues in their district. They're not the only principal in their district, right? So they might not have those opportunities for professional development, or you know, a little mentoring, coaching, or just you know, someone to share ideas with. That's true. I, I remember early on, uh, I was basically just told to you know, you have Eastern Washington, go forth and and serve basically, and and it's a big responsibility because I know how hard principals work. Uh, teachers are, are, are of paramount importance. We know that they make the biggest difference for students. And yet I would contend that uh, there is no harder working person in a school district than a principal. And I still believe that. Uh, the, the stewardship responsibility that they have and then being uh, in a small town. And I remember being in certain areas where you had maybe three principals in the entire district. And then at other opportunities, I, I might have traveled to Spokane and, 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 uh, and meet with Uh, over 70 principals in a a big district, and I quickly determined that the biggest efficacy that I could roll forward was working with the smaller districts because the infrastructure was lacking. Uh, You get some of these larger districts that are as big as many of our ESDs or bigger, and then we have these small towns where uh, people are trying to uh, 
really uh, muddle through a lot of the work without the professional development opportunities that we have in our bigger districts. So it was really a privilege to work with the, the small town, uh, small areas, and, uh, and, and, and really just feel like you're making a difference and laying the groundwork for, for Scott, and I think he's done a phenomenal job. Well, and you know, to, to, to kind of share, share some pieces along, along those lines, it's exactly correct. Um, you know, larger districts have, they have their challenges and other pieces of that nature, but they've got infrastructures in place that help support um, uh, the things that happen day to day in, in, in any school and that comes across. So often when you're trekking around Eastern Washington, you go to a spot where, where it's, it's the principal who's in their first or second year and the superintendent's only in the district two days a week. Mm-hmm. And they're a K-12 principal. Or there are two principals in the district, but the superintendent's still there a couple days a week. Or they don't have a special ed director or a student services director. So it, it, the principal is the, the title coordinator, the right. lap coordinator, the student services coordinator, the assessment coordinator. Mm-hmm. All of these different hats that they wear. And, and, um, and they're just doing phenomenal, phenomenal things. I just... I can't begin to tell you how how motivating and impressed I, I am when I travel these different places and see the commitment and the 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 Trevor mentioned it, the stewardship and the efficacy that that, that these principals have towards their buildings and their staff and, and their students. It's just it, it's yeah, it's just it's awesome. I'm sure it's that, awesome. I'm sure that Scott probably felt this way, but I, I know how hard I know how hard principals work, and then in this role, I felt that it was essential for me to get out early and be out uh, on the road and, and hitting these small towns as much as possible. The challenge is the, the, the great distance between uh, the different towns that you go to, but uh, to be able to travel uh, you know, 10, and 10, 12 hours a day and, and, and connect with principals was very valuable because it's development they wouldn't have otherwise. So the fellowship uh, was, I would say, compared to a, a principalship, very low stress, but the hours were extremely long, and you did feel like you made an impact with some of our uh, our principals who were just starting out or isolated. Mm-hmm. And and you know I've kind of taken taken the approach this year, and this was based on the recommendation to Trevor after stuff was was um, being able to continue to go back to a place time and time again, mm-hmm. and that was also that came from Trevor, but also came from Edie uh, Harding at the Gates Foundation as well as Gary Kipp at, at AWSP. It wasn't so much in regards to making sure that you get everywhere and have a shotgun approach to say hi and shake hands and kiss babies and kind of stuff, <laughs> but it was really it was really going back to a spot three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times and to provide opportunities to to create that relationship, that trusting peace. And then you get to see the impact and you get to, you get to see what happens and you get to be able to troubleshoot stuff after you have coaching conversations or mentoring conversations with other principals. And a little common core style, right? Less breadth and more depth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. If I, as I think back to some of the greatest successes that I had my first year, and I think that Scott was able to build upon, uh, I think of, uh, the area of, uh, uh, north of Wenatchee. I, we had some great success in, in, in Kashmir and working with principals in that Wenatchee Valley area, uh, working with elementary principals that are, are the only principal in their district, and by bringing them together uh, through their ESD and then the work of uh, our work in AWSP, uh, we were able to see some great growth and, and cohorts start to develop and, and share practices, and that was very gratifying. Other opportunities included uh, going across uh, uh, the 
the great vast expanse of Washington and connecting with uh, leadership students as well and teaching them about the uh, framework and how their teachers are evaluated and how principals are evaluated and then uh, instructing teacher, uh, principals and teachers as to how to use uh, students as a resource to engage them in really making change in their school based on the criteria itself. So uh, kind of building that capacity within your school to address uh, instruction or safety or culture or closing the achievement gap, but through the students. And I think all too often uh, we tend to try to work on the system without including the voice of, of the students themselves, and that's often the most powerful piece. Right. One of the cool things our members can be proud of is our student leadership program. And Susan Fortin does a fantastic job with that. And She sure does. You know, we believe at AWSP that strong leaders create strong schools. And for us, it's not just strong leadership, leaders in the principal role, but just strong leaders everywhere in the school. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I mean, you think we, we, as, we as teachers or, or, or we as building administrators can only do so much to affect the culture of the school. If, if students don't buy into what is taking place, and more importantly, if they don't have a voice in shaping what happens as a part of this, then all the work that you do, um, a lot of times, will just fall fall right right back on 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 its face. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the so having the ability, but more importantly, having that that tool, that framework, which to create every conversation that happens within a school system around that, whether it's its teachers, whether it's students, whether it's you know the other administrators, the community members. Again, always working back to that is is uh, is extremely impactful because everybody can play a role within that, and um, and I've been fortunate enough to work with a few student groups, and and Trevor was the one that, that gave me the idea on that. He kind of was was the trailblazer with that in terms of you know I think there's something we can do to connect the student voice, and as you said, Susan and Marty Fortin have just done yeoman's work with that to mm-hmm. the point where all of their leadership trainings revolve around that eight criterion. Mm-hmm. So when they put plans together and students develop plans, so which criterion are you going to hit for your school? And how are you going to affect culture, safety, instruction, resource, whatever that might be? Right, and now they've you know, expanded even down to the elementary level. with some anti-bullying initiatives and everybody playing together. So they've really taken leadership all the way to elementary school and teaching them young. Yeah, yeah. We, did, we did pilot a few offerings last year. I remember some work around in the Tri-City area where we brought in elementary students, and that was uh, kind of a, an opportunity to really see if it would be something that could work, and we had some brave principals that sent their teachers and some students to, to train them and what they can do to change the culture of their school, and we really focused on that first criteria with the younger kids, but it was, it was great work. Mm-hmm. So you guys obviously have traveled the bulk of the state, mm-hmm. put a lot of miles in the van. What's the number one lesson that maybe you would share with principals in your work that you've learned in the last year? One thing is difficult. I, I think I'll just speak to the what's top on my mind, and then we can maybe bounce some ideas back and forth. I, I would say just the importance of, first thing, is the importance of reaching out uh, and connecting uh, with each other and, and really making those connections across not only your own district, if you're in a bigger district, but outside of your district to, to other areas. I think of our... You know, we've been talking a lot about small districts, but now I find myself in a large district, in the Highline School District, and I, I know that at times our principals at that level are so engaged in the work within their district that they rarely get involved, or it seems like it, outside of uh, things that are happening within. And, and so we have some great, great programs in, uh, in, in AWSP, and there are opportunities for leadership involvement, 
And that's something that I really encourage uh, uh, principals in big districts to do is, is reach out outside your own district, look for those leadership positions, and then you know, you'll make those connections with principals all across the area because it's a, it's a very difficult job. And if there's any, any way that we can make those connections and build on those connections and learn the systems that are working in other areas and implement those into what we're doing, it makes our jobs easier. And it's not about being, you know, not about doing less, it's about being more effective. And I think the more that we communicate one with another, uh, the more that we connect and the more that we share the challenges that we have with those outside the system to help them understand the principalship and, and, and what teaching entails and all of the challenges coming forth, then the better off we'll be as a system. And you know, it's it's uh, as 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 I'm listening to talk, Trevor. <clears throat> I find myself reflecting upon the the pieces that is that as I go out and out and about, I I see the importance of exactly what you're talking about, being able to speak with others, being able to share ideas. And our work has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Trevor's been been in his his administrative role for a lot of years. I'm 14, 15 years in, and I think 14, 15 years ago, it was you didn't have to talk to anybody. Oh, yeah. You just knew exactly what you're supposed to do. You just went and did it. You were a manager. You just you just did things and and you didn't need to talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. You just you know you just made it happen. But um, it's the, the the job of the principalship has become so complex and so um, not difficult, but 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 the complexity is 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 multifaceted and it's causing you to think and do things in a very very different way. Um, you know you're not just the instructional leader of the building, but you're also the lead learner of the building. And, and, and you can't lead learning in your building unless you're communicating and collaborating with others. And, and that's not necessarily the teachers with which you work with, but it's, it's, it's beyond that. It's, it's the collaboration and the opportunities you have to build PLCs with people in like positions. And so when, when, when Trevor talks about having the ability to get out and to speak with others, to take a couple hours out of a day, you know, three one or two times a month to go to a league meeting or to speak with other principals or to show up at a regional training or whatever that might be. And, and as long as it, it, it's, it's constructed in such a way that it's going to enhance the things that you're doing in your building, it, it's extremely important to do that. We think we can't get away, but it's more important that we spend a little bit of time away in order to have those connections and those opportunities to collaborate with others because it is complex. We need to bounce ideas off of each other. We need to have those, those problem-solving solutions in a, in a trusting environment where we can just share and learn together. I think Scott brings up a, a great uh, opening for me here, and that is uh, you know, if I were to advise principals on something that they could do to make their jobs easier, it would be to concentrate on the development of, of diversifying your leadership, and implementing systems uh, that are effective, uh, sustainable, uh, and that uh, would enable you then to to really engage in more than just the practice in your building, but extend yourself beyond some of the things that we're talking about. I think about uh, our involvement uh, legislatively. We should reach beyond just our building, and we ha- we must be involved politically. And that is something that's just not on the radar of a lot of our principals, and it's because of the, and I, I don't want to use excuse because it's not an excuse, it's because of the reality of the demands that they have in their buildings and the feeling that they can't get out. For that reason, I would say that the more leadership that you can display in developing others, uh, a, a leader just doesn't lead people, but a leader develops other leaders, 
then you'll be able to eventually make that time or find that time uh, to where you can really engage in developing partnerships outside of your school and being proactive legislatively and reaching out more to the community uh, instead of being uh, shackled uh, is somehow, sometimes it feels that you're shackled to your building. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but the principalship is so much more than what you do in the building. And it's so much more than just being that instructional leader, which is paramount to anything that we do as being that instructional leader. But it doesn't stop there. There's just so many things uh, to the principalship. No, it can't, and, 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 and nor should it, like you're talking about, Trevor. It's, uh, it, 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 as I listen to you and, and you're talking about that, that instilling the opportunities for others to learn and grow and to become leaders in the buildings, it's amazing as I think back in, 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 in my career, um, when I stepped out and did stuff and empowered somebody around me to take, take control of this that I felt like I could never give up to somebody else. Mm -hmm. They stepped up to the plate and did amazing work. And we're so thankful to do that because they wanted to. And we talk about uh, um, becoming involved. You know, one of the little ways that, that all of us can become involved is is becoming a member of our PAC. Mm -hmm. and, and the great work that our, you know, that, that our PAC does in terms of lobbying at the legislative side of the coin and contributions to political action and, and uh, 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 to our representatives and Senate, the legislature, whatever the case may be. That's critically important. And even though you might not feel like you can have a voice out there or doing work that way, just by being a member of the pack is one small piece that, that you can do in order to uh, 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 further some of those outside things beyond the, you know, the school walls. And it is uncomfortable. I think it goes back to that saying that there's no growth in comfort and there's no comfort in growth. And I've certainly felt over the last several years that I have been outside of my comfort zone and that's where I've been able to grow the most. And I feel like if we can continue to do that with our with our teachers with our counselors with our staffs it's so important our, our the staff in a school in a school and, and and the work that they do and i don't want to belittle that in any way it's it's schools cannot function nor should they without the extensive work of of, of all of our teachers and i would just add that all of the talk that we've had about our our, our principalship uh it's just amazing what our teachers are facing on a daily basis as yeah. well they have so much so much to do, and uh, I think it's easy for us at times to figure out, think about about what we're facing, but uh, but they have tremendous jobs as well. And uh, I really respect uh, the people that have gone into education as a teacher, and I, I remember those days where I never thought I'd leave the classroom. I remember telling kids, come back in 30 years, I'll still be working in this portable. <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't quite happen that way. I'll still be in South Park. I'll still be in South Park. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> didn't happen that way, but I, I, I really am grateful for the opportunity to, be, to have been a principal and to now work at the system level and look more at systemic change and what we can do to reach more students. Now, that's what's really exciting about the, uh, uh, the principalship. And it's just great that uh, the Gates Foundation and Edie would... Edie Harding would reach out and connect with uh, Gary Kipp and, and develop this for at least two years and provide the opportunities for principals that wouldn't have an, an, an opportunity otherwise to connect with uh, the association and grow uh, in the small areas that we have around the state. I'll go ahead and put my Jerry Bender hat on now. For those of you don't, that don't know Jerry, he's our legislative director. And, uh, you know, Scott talked about joining the PAC. It's one of the ways you can be involved. And the relationship that principals have is a unique one. You know, as a building leader, you're familiar with the work of your teachers in the district office. And uh, actually, at dinner tonight, one of our board members was uh, talking about how one of the legislative uh, representatives in his district emailed him to ask for his opinion on the bill. So you can form relationships with these folks. They're anxious to hear from you. They want to know what's going on. 
they think of the buildings that you're in as, as their buildings also. So make sure that you, you know, invite them to your schools, um, you know, shoot them an email. And there are ways that you can comment on bills. We know that it doesn't take a lot of time. It can be intimidating. But if you check out our website, go to the advocacy section, you'll see how to comment on a bill. We have a little screenshot, a little screencast there that will walk you through how to leave some public comment. Uh, right now, the Senate is just starting a pilot program to be able to testify remotely. So if you have a webcam, you can testify for an education bill. So just uh, you know, stay tuned in that because uh, your voice matters. And you speak not just for yourself, but for your teachers and your students as well. I think Jerry said that it's important for you to know your legislators by name, but it's more important for them to know you by name. And if you can get to the point where they recognize you and know you, you've really done your job uh, with respect to connecting politically uh, to making change happen in a positive way for the schools. That's critically important. There's, there's no question about that. But you know what? I keep sitting back here. I'm thinking, enough of this school stuff and things like that. I want to hear about the travels. <laughs> I want to hear about, you know, you're right. around Eastern Washington. you got all these different places you're going, doing right. things like that. I've been in the same boat here. But, which, uh, Trevor, you got uh, your favorite travel story. you, you got to have my, a travel my story. My favorite travel story is, I know, is, I got a couple, is, so I is, is being out with, uh, probably, this was at uh, the end of the, End of the fellowship, uh, Edie Harding actually joined me on a uh, three-day hiatus, a two- or three-day hiatus across eastern Washington. And I remember we got up one morning and we left Yakima, went to, I believe it was uh, Othello, Waluk first, then Othello, uh, hit some other small town I can't even remember right now, <laughs> and then ended up going straight north to Kettle Falls and then Chewila Peak, uh, which was one of our leadership training centers, uh-huh. and um, and then ended up in Spokane that evening. And I don't know how many miles we Is that all? Van. That was one day, and uh, and I had her trapped in a van, and I think we talked, or she listened to me talk nonstop because I, <laughs> I had nobody to speak with for probably about eight or nine months. And uh, and she listened to me speak nonstop until we, we headed up about an hour short of Kettle Falls, and we stopped talking, and she, I think she faked like she was asleep, so she didn't have to listen anymore. <laughs> and so then as we were pulling into Kettle Falls, uh, I, I, you know, I said, oh, we're here. And she kind of you know, sat up a little bit, and I said, boy, uh, you know, we just don't even talk anymore, do we? And, and, uh, and I, just can't, I just think about that time and, and that drive and, and uh, having somebody to, to show what the principals are involved in and how they work and the great things that they do. That was uh, definitely a memory that I'll cherish. And I think the uh, other memory that I'll have is uh, the, the, the photo that uh, Scott sent me of breaking the speed record in the van. <laughs> I, I did not think it like that. But, uh, but and I, it was an impressive record I to break, let me tell you. I am proud to say that in the two years of that van being on the road, uh, I do not hold the speed record. <laughs> that goes to Scott. I would say that your record would probably be about 90% of the people out there, so... Well, That's an impressive feat. I'm, I'm not admitting to anything whatsoever, although I, I heard that the van was on a downhill <laughs> with a tailwind. And shaking. And shaking extensively. Right. What, what year is that van? How many miles are on that thing now? Well, How many I, miles you know, have you put on, Scott? Uh, over 14,000. Over 14,000. Over 14,000. And yeah. how, how many months? I don't know. It seems like yesterday. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's gone so, so quick. But... Um, a bulk of it since since August, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, since about the middle of August, for first part of September has been uh, uh, been the bulk of it. So, and uh, and through that, I mean, I've seen so many different towns, so many different places. Been so cool, and a couple of different Great stories. People. And one day, I, I I don't even remember. I didn't even know that our state had these different passes. 
There's a, there's a, I did three passes in one day. Three passes three in one day. Passes. Three mountain okay. passes. Three mountain passes. Throwing a pass. <laughs> yeah, no, it yeah. is easy in Washington. Yeah. You can drive it all day and they pass yeah. people. You know? So I, uh, I, I trekked out of trekked out of Spokane and made made my my way over to Omac and there's a pass on I don't even remember what highway it is but between Spokane and Omac called it starts with a D and I can't even remember it anymore but it, it was a small pass and passed by but I got to the top and it was it said its name just Scouts Pass or something like that it was 3,700 feet I think. And I came out of OMAC and went up through Tenasket and uh, had some meetings up through that area and worked my way over and I got over Wakanda Pass, um, going down Highway 20 and that was about 4,700 feet. And then I didn't even know there was a Highway 20. Oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> then the end of the day, I uh, I made my way up over Sherman Pass, which tops out just about 5,600 feet. You tested the best. And, uh, I did, I yeah. did. There was a little sign on the road that said "Slow Vehicle Turnout." I knew I'd never need that. Yeah. You know, but, not a slow but uh, that was that was one of my one of my fond memories as far as traveling goes. I've not had the opportunity yet to take Edie around the state, although she does remember that trek, and yeah. and she's she's told me that that will not happen this year, right, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to put something. I think together. she got tired of eating at the gas station. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing she said. Uh, we will get regular food, won't we? <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I didn't budget in time yeah. to eat. I rarely do that. Yeah. But uh, and then uh, a couple of just seeing the different the different small cities. I, mean, I had no idea there was a Lamont, Washington, or a U in Washington. Had no idea, mm-hmm. and uh, trekked through there and just some some wonderful communities along the way. And and uh, it's it's been good, been good. So we'll put a couple um, in the podcast notes. Put a couple photos up there. Scott's taken a couple great photos on his travels. And uh, one of my favorite Trevor tweets. If you don't follow Trevor on Twitter, you should. But he tweeted a picture of the van with an open uh, with the front door open. And said, "Come visit me anytime. I've got an open door policy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you some of those photos as well. But uh, it it was quite an experience, and I'll, I'll I'll I think back of on on the principles and the work that they're doing, and the growth of uh, some of the cohorts that were put together, and it's satisfying. And I'm I'm glad that uh, my what I'm thankful for the most is in stepping out of this fellowship, which was difficult because it was so valuable, uh, is that we found somebody of Scott's caliber to carry on and that he was receptive in in really uh, downsizing the travel as far as not trying to reach all of eastern Washington, which I did spend about two months trying to do before I settled into focusing on Spokane area and Colfax area and Wenatchee area. And I think he's been able to be much, much more effective in the second year just with the talks that we've had and realizing that it's so important to, to spend the quality amount of time and multiple visits in some of these small areas. It does make my heart hurt in a way that in the fellowship we couldn't get to every place, but uh, I know that the work that we're doing out in the areas that we touch has been good work. Well, that's, that's I'll be honest with you, that's the guilt I feel. There's, as you travel and go, and Trevor's mentioned, I've mentioned it, there's just, there's just need everywhere. There is need everywhere, and it doesn't matter where you go. And and um, knowing that I, I'm not able to get everywhere, it uh, and I see folks in places, and I'm like, ah, I got to get there. I, I I'll get I'll I'll make it at some point. And um, that's that's been been a, a guilt thing for me. However, at the same time, as as Trevor commented on, you know, being able to spend quality time with with groups of people and to develop. Um, that that effective PLC because one of the key components to this is trying to create some kind of sustainability. You know, how do we bridge the work that's happened the last couple of years? Because the grant doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're so thankful that the Gates Foundation funded it for another year. 
you know, to continue this. Um, but it's, it's, it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Um, even though the need is there and, you know, we know it should last forever, but it, it won't. And, uh, so being able to try and try and figure out a way that it be, can become sustainable, that, uh, that people can continue the work, um, of bringing folks together and having those critical conversations and, and providing the ability for everybody to grow and learn from each other. We see the power of PLCs within our buildings and we need to continue to figure out ways to create that sustainability for regions and or local areas among, among building administrators to, to make that work happen. Well, I know personally it's just been a pleasure to get to work with both of you guys. David with uh, AWSP again, and I have with us Gary Kipp, Executive Director, and Edie Harding. Edie is a Senior Program Officer at the Gates Foundation and formerly Executive Director at the State Board of Education. So Edie, um, what did you do kind of before your um, time at the State Board, before your time at the Gates Foundation, and how did you get into education policy? I, the short answer is I've had a checkered career, and I work in education policy for a place for about five years, and then I move on to the next place when they figure me out. So I used to work for the Evergreen State College for Les Purse, and before that I worked for the Washington State Institute for Public Policy. Before that I can't remember, but I know I've been employed since I was 22, and my father was happy about that. So you've made all the rounds. I've made the rounds, and I've also been a school board member. Okay. So how did the fellowship come about? So um, we'd worked with AWSP to create the leadership framework, which I think was just a really fine piece of work that Gary and Jean... Share it. Thank you. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time uh, creating. And again, this came about because of the new uh, law that had uh, required that we create some frameworks and look at ways to help teachers and principals improve their practice. And I know Gary and his team are really uh, to be commended. I think actually we may have one of the best frameworks in the country. I like to tout that for um, helping principals think about their practice. Um, but then it seemed um, another step was needed, and so I talked to Gary. Um, I, it, it's easy to create something. It's a lot harder to implement it. And so uh, I have a special affinity for Eastern Washington. Uh, those little districts are few and far between. And I just said to Gary, is there a way we could help in Eastern Washington uh, provide a fellow to um, be able to carry out this work and help uh, start to provide people with professional development about what the framework is about. Uh, and I just felt it was really important to have a really strong practicing principle because I think that peer-to-peer -peer learning is so powerful. So that's how it happened, and we've been funding it for two years, and we've been really pleased with the results. So how did we come up with Trevor? Trevor was uh, an easy decision, actually, because Trevor had just been named the uh, National uh, High School Principal of the Year. And we had had some discussions with Trevor. He was highly respected uh, across the state, actually across the nation. Um, Trevor's known um, in many other circles outside of uh, the state of Washington for his skills and talents and what he had been able to accomplish at Toppenish High School. And so it was an easy fit. Uh, to start with Trevor, and um, he was willing to take a leap of faith and venture out into a into the unknown, into a new kind of role. Um, so uh, it was terrific. It was fun to put the pieces together uh, and create the fellowship in the beginning, and so we're starting to reap the benefits of that now. All right. So the Gates Foundation, we know, has a long history of supporting public education. Can you tell us a little bit about how the foundation views the role of a modern principal? 
Sure. And first, I just, um, I'm eternally grateful to be able to work with Bill and Melinda on their work in education. Um, they have given me a lot of latitude and trust, which I really appreciate in Washington State. And I would just say to craft what makes sense for our state. And so um, just in observing over the years, um, just the need for strong leadership in our state, I think this was one of the conversations that I've been having with Gary for a number of years about how do we strengthen the principal practice. And really, I, this was a collaboration between Gary, myself, and OSPI and others just thinking about what makes sense to help principals improve their practice. And um, again, our national team is really quite interested in this work. I think modern principals have an incredibly complex and yet incredibly exciting opportunity to really shape the future of teachers' practice as well as the lives of kids. So um, I just felt if there's a way to lean in and support them a bit st stronger, um, I would be happy to make that grant, which is what we did. Nice. So you got to spend some time with Trevor on the east side of the state. I did. So, and survived. Uh, and survived, yeah. So who's the better driver? Have you been with the car Scott yet? Well, I have not yet been in the... Uh, driving seat with Scott. I might. I almost took over the driving seat from Trevor, just particularly when he wouldn't stop and let me have lunch. But I will say we made it from uh, Yakima to Kettle Falls in record time, and the van is still running. So I think that's a good thing. And really, it was really wonderful to see the beautiful countryside. And I can never remember if we saw three districts in nine days, or it was nine nine districts and three days or three days and nine districts. That's just how confused I was by the end when I stumbled out of the car, but um, it was really a great experience. And the one thing I want to say about Trevor is he kind of reminds me of the principal whisperer. He's a wonderful, it's like a bedside manner, and he goes in and he's really listening carefully to what the situation is in the school building and what's relevant to them. And I just, he had a lovely way of communicating um, that really, I think, resonated with the principal who was trying to wrestle with some challenges. And Trevor always had a a thousand wonderful ideas of things they could think about. And I was just hugely impressed, and it just it really uh, excited me even more about what the fellowship could do. Yeah, hearing all of the different you know, spots you guys went to, it sounded like an AWSB doctor making house calls. It was definitely that. <laughs> Going from district to district, yeah. school to school. So, Gary, what have you seen in terms of our membership and their response to uh, the fellowship on the east side and the work that both Trevor and Scott have been able to do? Well, one of the really nice things about having this position is that uh, it has given us some feedback on the framework itself as it plays out in schools. So it's one thing to have uh, a framework that looks good in print or on the whiteboard, and conceptually it seems like it fits the role of the principal and can be used successfully in terms of um, growth for principals. But it's another thing to take something, a concept like that, and actually put it into action. And it's, what we've wanted is to try to get feedback on, is this working? Is it lined up right? Um, do the rubrics seem to fit? Is it lending towards conversations around growth? And uh, we've been able, through the fellowship, um, to really get some uh really great individual feedback from folks in uh, large districts, but also in real small districts. We have so many districts that are small, and the, its implementation is different throughout the state. So it's been wonderful uh, to kind of get that feedback. And the principals themselves have truly appreciated the support and that personal touch uh, that they've had. So they feel like they're not in this alone. 
that they feel like they're a part of an organization that is moving forward on their behalf to try and help them. And they're helping to shape the direction that we go. So it's a unique model, I think, um, but it's a model that um, provides us some some feedback we couldn't have gotten if we just did a survey or you know we were we had a meeting. Actually, having our representatives get out and sit down and listen to principals, watch them in action, uh, and try and get feedback from them has been hugely valuable to us as we continue to refine the framework uh, and the services around it as we move forward. Yeah, it's kind of like a day in the life, right? Yes. Yeah. Pop in and see how how it's working, how it's not working, where it can be improved, and get a lot of feedback, like you said. We wouldn't get from a survey. We wouldn't get from, you know, traditional means. So moving forward, um, we've talked about, you know, the value of it. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit, Gary, about um, what the options might be? Is it something we might want to continue to do? Well, we have done some uh, looking at ways that we can uh, invest money, and we, our board looked at that in depth at our last board meeting a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it was unanimous that of all the things we could be looking at in terms of fostering and continuing, the fellowship program was at the top of the list. And so now we're looking for ways to continue it, uh, to maybe create partnerships with school districts or ESDs that would allow us to further this work. Um, we think that we still have a lot to learn, and we know that the principals that are out there um, have, uh, they still need a lot of support. We're really in our infancy in terms of implementing both um, the TPEP work and Common Core implementation and other kinds of uh, pressures on the principal. And so we've got to find new and unique ways to help um, support them as they do that. And our board is committed to that as a, a part of the mission of the organization. They want to see this move forward. So it's up to us then to find out ways that we can make that happen. Great. So any other closing thoughts? Uh, again, I just I think the principal uh, role is so important, and I have loved how the fellowship has allowed the personal touch to go uh, through all these different communities in Eastern Washington. And I, I'm excited that Gary is thinking of continuing the work. One of the things we like to do at the foundation is to provide that catalytic support to get something sparked and started. And then the best sign of success for us is that the people who we give the grant to are able to continue the work on their own because they find it of value. So thank you, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for being a spark. I know as an organization, we appreciate it. And I know a lot of folks on the east side of the state have benefited from the work also appreciate it. So thank you for uh, joining us today. And thanks for all your work on behalf of the principals and kids in the state.